Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Live for the Vibe podcast, where we strive to make a difference in the lives of our listeners by engaging in multi-generational discussions that explore the journey to holistic wellness. Today, we move forward with our introduction conversation as we transition into a deep dive discussion about social wellness and its critical components. Our hosts for today will be Chloe, Harold, Andrew, and Fitz to share their perspectives on this topic, as well as Sean Fitz's son and Jaden Andrew's son. Having multiple generations working together to discuss social wellness is a great opportunity to gain insight into different aspects of it from the point of view of young people who will be heavily affected by its development. Last time we were together, we just finished a discussion about the dimensions of holistic wellness and moving into a discussion about social wellness. Social justice is an essential part of that, and it is important for us to come together and understand how we can create a better environment for everyone through it. We hope that our podcast will provide insight into how all generations can work together to achieve holistic wellness. So let's jump right back into that conversation. Well, well, let's invite these younger voices into the conversation. I mean, there are things that when we were younger that we probably had a larger focus on than what we do right now at this phase in our lives. So why do Gen Zs or why do some of the younger generations tilt towards kind of social and environmental issues. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm not, well, I am one of the younger generations, so. Oh, come I, on, I, elder six person. <laughs> I think it's more like, it's, it's kind of what they were born into. And it, it was uh, when they came into uh, the environments and the things that were, when they came in, that was something that was emphasized. Whereas when we were coming up, when I was coming up, it wasn't emphasized as much. It's sort of like uh, cell phones and a lot of that technology. It was several years before I I, I got a, a cell phone. These kids that's in this generation, whatever, 
they, they were described as if they don't come into the world with a cell phone, they're going to be like, Pops, Mom, y'all got to do something. So I think it's sort of what's, what you come into and what's emphasized. So I'll let the younger guys speak a little now. Um, I, I actually, would, oh, sorry, you can go. Okay. Um, I actually agree. I do think cell phones do have a huge part in it because of the hyper visibility of everything. Um, before, you know, the, the proliferation of the internet and cell phones and social media and things like that, these issues were still there. There was a still issue with like climate change and the climate crisis. And there were issues with, um, that involved social justice. Um, but it wasn't this sort of the same hyper visibility that we saw, especially like with 2020, with the police brutality and all these huge issues that we saw going viral on social media. That only happened because of the the video footage, the cell phone footage that we saw go spread throughout the news. And so because of the widespread technology and because of the hyper visibility of these issues, we do see that Gen Z has uh, a lot more of a, I don't want to say a say, but a lot more of a focus on um, social justice and on the environment because of that hyper visibility. I would have to agree with that. I would also think it's, we're starting to deal with the impact of different things from the past, like going, talking about um, climate change, like the effects of um, humans' negative impact on the environment. It's starting to affect us. And since we're the generation and our kids are the people who have to grow up in that, that's something that's more important to us as we continue on in our lives. I, I think emotional is another big topic for our generation with, um, with mental health and stuff like that. Like, I know that's a thing that's I hear talked about a lot in school. Like, it's surprising to me when I hear how many people talk about how they're in therapy or on different medications. So I think something else that's important in our time or in our generation is emotional. So I don't think everything has gone too much in behind, but I think we're emphasizing, like, more of, like, social, environmental, emotional, things like that. Okay. I do think there's a lack of emphasis on financial and occupational um, just because of the rising cost of living, how expensive college has gotten. Uh, college has increased like five or tenfold from what it was 30 years ago. Uh, and with the stagnating uh, minimum wage, like you don't see wages increase the way that they should be increasing as well. And so you have maybe not a conscious lack of emphasis on the financial wellness, but also just it's not something that can be emphasized as much because with you have over 60% of Americans living paycheck to paycheck, you are have a hard, you'd be hard pressed to find uh, somebody who's very much like trying to save uh, as opposed to trying to survive really. I think that's just how the times have, have changed. And I think that's something that we should work to strive to fix. But um I think because of those things and the lack of emphasis on occupational and lack of emphasis on financial, it kind of frees up space for Gen Z to focus more on social wellness, environmental wellness, things like that. Well, I find that interesting because I, I like your thought or your statement focusing on trying to survive versus trying to save. As I look at all of going back to the cell phones and Instagram and all of the hypervisualization of wealth and what wealth can give you, and the false impression of wealth. Does that say something different about our society versus when, like you said, more than half of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck? There's that disconnect there. And so I think that's where financial wellness will come in and help people 
kind of right size. What are your expectations? Where are you today? Where do you want to go? And how can you get there in a, a path that you don't destroy yourself in trying to wear, you know, $250, $500 shoes, but you still can't pay your rent? Yeah, I think that kind of goes into sort of the, I think expectation, as you said, is a good word for it. Um, but also just the way that these platforms are set up, Instagrams, your Twitters, your TikToks, the way they're set up is that that is the type of content that is being served to, to young kids. And so it's it's natural for a young kid to see like their favorite celebrity on TV or on Instagram doing a certain thing or acting a certain way and say, I want to be like them. Uh, and so that is where you get sort of this kind of culture of like, I, I need to have the most expensive clothes. I need to have the most expensive shoes. I need to have like the most expensive cars or I'm not you know, X, Y, or Z. I'm not like you know, a real, you know, basketball fan. I'm not a, a real sports fan, that sort of thing. And so that's something that I'm not necessarily sure how you would you would fix, but I think that it, it can be mitigated by financial wellness, like understanding what, like what money actually is. Cause I think that's something that's not very much taught to young people, like what money actually is and what it, it can be like, I don't say used for, but how how to earn it and how to how to save it and how to navigate this climate, especially with this whole cryptocurrencies that that were uh, expanding as well. Uh, these are just things that a lot of people just have no knowledge of how to navigate what, what's you know legitimate, what's not, how people lose money, and how to deal with losing money in a healthy way, and just things like that. Just sort of education on that, I think, is important. So as I was listening to you uh, speak, Sean, I'm wondering if in some ways this is part of the legacy that we've handed down to you in that you always want those that come after you to be in a better position than what the generation before you were in. But in some ways, have we done a disservice by not, I don't know, sharing some of the hardship or some of the difficult things? Do we do we sometimes paint too rosy of a picture and make it look too easy, whereas each generation has had to deal with some of these same issues? I remember the time where I was struggling with saving versus surviving. That may not be the issue I face today, but I do remember those days and those decades of facing that issue. I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking out loud right now. I think that's is a really important thing to, to highlight because I think it's been compounding since, you know, the 1920s, since the Great Depression, because it's it's kind of grown from there, uh, especially when you think about stuff like um, the housing market crash of 2008 that have never really recovered in the same way that it was beforehand. Um so like back in the day, you could, you know, strive for, you know, a good house, have a good job, settle down with a good family, have a dog, have a white picket fence, and that could be your American dream. But for a lot of people, that's not necessarily realistic because of how expensive homeownership has gotten. A lot of people, millennials and Gen Z, can't necessarily look to that and say, yeah, I can't afford to to pay, you know, $200,000 for uh, a two-bedroom you know, a condo, let alone four hundred thousand dollars for like a, you know, a decent house, or you know, living in these very expensive areas, and so 
it's I think it's different. And so when you hear like your the older generation saying like, you know, go to college, get a good job, you know, everything will be settled with how expensive college has gotten and how expensive, you know, commodities have gotten. That's something that maybe not be as accessible to as large of a group of people as it might have been beforehand. And so I think just understanding that and sort of working around that as young people is something that we have to kind of plan around. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, 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 I'm sorry, uh, Chloe, go ahead. No, go ahead, Harold. I was going to say, and listening to that and listening to the conversation, uh, I think at the end of the day, it all uh, boils down to that uh, every generation has its challenges. Uh, and so finding out how best do I make myself the best person that I can be, uh, and whether it's with a cell phone where I can get on the Internet and so I send an email and talk to somebody a million miles away, uh, where it's in a harsh and buggy that takes me uh, six weeks to get 10 miles. So the challenges may are different, but at the same time, the challenges are there. And when it brings us back to the holistic wellness, all of those challenges are going to be things that's going to impact uh, how we are healthy, well, and secure and happy. So I think when we come back to the GS movement and the journey to holistic wellness, whether it's Z, uh, Generation Z, baby boomers, uh, the you know whatever generation the challenges was there, how do you manage those and make your and to kind of add to that, then Chloe, I'll turn back over to you. Um, the the key is no one generation had the answers. If the baby boomer had the gen, had the answers, then the Gen Zers will not be coming up and, and and inheriting a lot of stuff. The Gen Zers don't have all the answers because you know they have their own problems that that they're dealing with. That that's, that's kind of some voids they're dealing with. But having a multi generational conversation like this will better allow us to learn from each other and grow and find a path forward together. And for that, I'll be quiet. Oh, no need to be quiet because this is a a phenomenal conversation. It's exactly what we wanted to have. We did say that we were going to start taking each of these dimensions and going a little bit different. And I can't wait. I hope, Sean and Jaden, that when we do get to going deeper on the financial wellness, that you're able to join us for that conversation because you will add great value. For uh, today's Going Deeper conversation, we wanted to go deeper on the dimensions of social wellness and physical wellness. And the, the challenge of going deeper on any topic is that you have to be willing to be vulnerable. And as I said earlier, I believe I said earlier, you know, we've talked about the importance of keeping our conversations authentic being real and and being willing to go deeper as we explore these difficult conversations and recognizing that we're not always going to see eye to eye um, because we do have different uh, experiences and perspectives. Even those of us who may be closer in age don't have the exact same experiences. So let's dive a little bit deeper into social wellness. And what I wanted to start with was sharing our definition of social wellness as um, outlined in our blog post, and that we define social wellness as focused on developing meaningful relationships with others. And this entails building healthy, supportive relationships 
and engaging in activities with others. It can also involve making sure that we're being compassionate and respectful to those that we encounter. And the reason I wanted to put that definition out there is because we want to now talk about, is there a potential link between social wellness and social justice? And I'm hoping that um, Jaden and or Sean, that you'll put a definition of social justice on the table for us. Um, For me, uh, social justice is uh, the idea that Everyone deserves like equal social rights and social standings within society, you know, no matter the race, the gender, the age, or the sexual orientation, like that. Everyone is treated equally, like no matter which the category of those they fit into. Sean, anything you would add to that definition or that perspective? I don't know. I, I agree. I think that was a good definition. Okay, great. So now we've got the definition of social wellness. We've got a definition on social justice. Here's the question for discussion. Do we believe that there is a link between social wellness and social justice? And if so, why? Why do you have that perspective? And if not, why don't you believe there is a link? I I truly believe there is a a link between social justice and social wellness. Uh, To me, social justice is making sure that you're treating everyone, like you said, um, in an equitable manner. So the opposite of that is if I'm not being treated equitably, I'm now being treated as I'm potentially lesser or I don't count or I don't exist. All those feelings are going to manifest in some form or fashion, uh, positively or more than likely negatively in how you value yourself how you see yourself as a cog to society and how you view the world around you. If I don't matter, then it doesn't matter what I do. So I might as well just blow up the world. So people need to understand that social justice impacts everybody as an individual. It's not just, Hey, that group needs to get a pat on the back or we need to elevate that group over there. It's making sure that as a whole, everybody has an opportunity and understand that you are important and you are valued and they feel that. Because if they don't feel that, there's going to be a mighty big explosion. If you can look historically at a lot of the um, wars and the challenges that have affected society, it's because you were oppressing somebody somewhere and they finally had enough and they stood up. So while I definitely agree with that, I agree with everything Andrew said, I do have a, a sub-question. Is there a difference between treating everybody equally which is was part of the um, the definition we have social justice, and treating treating everybody equitably, which is the the the, the conversation that Andrew just had. Um, in my mind, there is a difference. If we try to treat everybody equally, I don't necessarily think that that is social justice. But if we, if we are equitable with everybody, it probably is. Say more about that fit. So, how are you defining equally versus equitably? Uh, everybody is not starting. Everybody is not starting at the same place in the race. If you give everybody, you know, in the ten minutes to run a race, and you got somebody who is starting on, you know, near the finish line, and somebody that's starting a mile back, well, the person that's on the finish line is going to finish the race first because they are closer to the finish line. Um, that's being equal. You get an equal amount of time, but equitable, you're taking an account, you know, th- where they're starting from 
and give everybody the the amount of time that makes sense from where they're starting from. That's why I, I was trying to distinguish between being equal and being equitable. I would uh, I would agree with that. Like a way I think of the difference between equal and equitable is I remember when I was younger I saw um, in school they showed a photo of three people with different like different sizes looking over a fence, and when it was equal they all had one box. But like the shortest person still couldn't see over the fence versus like the tallest person got zero boxes, the middle height got two boxes, and then the shortest, sorry, the middle height got one box and the shortest got two boxes, and that allowed both of them to see over the fence. So I believe that would also mean the same thing for like social justice because some people or some groups, they don't start the same as others and they would need more help and support to be able to make the same successes that other would others would in life. You know, and I, I would uh, kind of venture in a, a little different direction, but it kind of comes back to the same thing uh, with the social wellness is that uh, the way you, you're treating people uh, and then the, the, the justice part of it and the equitable and the equal, uh, it, I think we have to be realistic. There are some people no matter how how much we try to stress upon them that we are all the same, there are some people who are going to feel that they are better, their group is better, and they're, they're, unfortunately there's not a whole lot that anything can be done to emphasize upon them that we all are, 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 are the same people, men, women, human beings. But so it's going to be difficult for them to see that they are treating you unjust uh, because they think they are better. So going back to our definition of social wellness, social wellness is the understanding that we are all in this race together. And when we cross that finish line, if we all don't cross it, we none of us wins. So how can we make sure that all of us cross that finish line so we all can be um, in a place that we're that we are accomplishing what we need to accomplish as a again individual society community. Right. Well, that assumes that you value meaningful relationships, because that's the part of that's part of our definition of social wellness. It's meaningful relationships with others. So, if you happen to be someone who doesn't value meaningful relationships you may or may not value whether everybody crosses the finish line at the same time or, or even crosses at all. Yeah. I think that's that's, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. I think that's where social justice comes in. The way I think about it is that social justice is a means to get to social wellness for everybody. Right. And so having social wellness, I think about community and community building. And I think, when you have some groups who believe that they can't build a community with other groups, then you have, you know, this cohesion. You don't have, you know, similar goals. You don't have a community. And social justice is the means in which to try to convince those groups that everybody's humanity is worth the same and to get them to believe that, you know, there's, there's meaning in building community with groups that they might, you know, feel are not necessarily on the same level as them. So that's how I kind of view the relationship between social justice and social wellness in that social justice is a means to get to social wellness for everyone. I think uh, 
you know, what we have to be mindful of, I think we have to be mindful of, is again, as we strive to do that and strive to make things just for everyone, uh, if I don't feel or if I don't have that meaningful relationship value, as we just stated earlier, then you may think it's not justice, but I don't think I'm doing anything wrong to you because this is where I feel you should be or my group should do this. And uh, the fact that you say, for instance, Black Lives Matters, then I may say all lives matters because now what I'm doing is I'm not valuing your relationship. So we can't counter that. Uh, I don't think we can come back and counter that by becoming you know, so offensive or defensive, whichever way you want to look at it. We still have to continue to try to live our lives and our wellness uh, journey to help ourselves become better and help those around us become better and realizing that unfortunately everybody's not going to finish the race together. So I think part of it is people are trying to understand what is the value of us getting it there together, right? As long as I cross the line, I'm good. You have to be able to show that by getting there together, there's more benefit than you crossing by yourself. Uh-huh. And so what's that value gap and how do you close that value gap? And I think that's where you start understanding a little bit more from a social justice perspective. I look at specifically George Floyd and how so many groups and people rallied behind that because uh, one, they could see that in themselves Two, the relationships. Uh, A lot of these individuals at this point in time, you are, there's somebody who looks like George Floyd in your family or your your circle, right? Because as America, we have blended over time and we still have a long way to go. But there's somebody who looks so, George Floyd could have been your, your child, your son, your daughter, your, your son's friend. Um, so it made it more personal and therefore people got more active about it. Now, unfortunately sort of that moment has passed and people have moved on to the next thing and they kind of forgot about the cohesion of the community that was built and, 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 and lost some momentum until the next unfortunate thing happens. I think, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, this is a very interesting uh, conversation and I would share something. Uh, and I know as this podcast becomes broadcast, uh, uh, some of, some of these people may uh, hear this, but it's not, uh, to be shared uh, as a negative thing toward anyone, but being of my age group and coming along uh, during the 60s uh, to where there was a time, and I was a part of that time, where certain groups would have to drink out of this water fountain and other groups would have to drink out of this one. Uh, Certain people, uh, a movie theater, uh, some would have to sit up in the balcony and some would have to sit down low. So, that was, you know, several years ago. So now we're going to fast forward that back to this day and age when uh, certain groups of people are trying to recreate that because they thought that was a good thing. Uh, but that wasn't equal. And it wasn't a good thing for me and the people who had to sit up in the balcony or who couldn't use this restroom. So I think the challenge that we have uh, as we look for our own social wellness and social justice Again, it's uh, letting other folks know that although you thought this may have been equal at one time, it wasn't. And in order for us to all have the same peace of mind 
and wellness and justice. And uh, we have to try to move forward in this manner, in this day and age. So uh, I think it's just a, a continuous battle journey, as was stated earlier, and trying to get others to see that it's not just my way or it's not just your way, it's our way. And if we don't you know, work together, then uh, we're not going to succeed. So it's, it's interesting. And I think it's, I'm not necessarily you know, in that age group, a little bit further along, but when I went to college, I went to a majority white college in Tennessee. Um, when I walked across campus at night, security followed me. And they followed me to my dorm room. And they did this multiple times. So you would think at a certain point in time, you recognize me. Now, people handle that different ways. Some people, because some people went and complained to security and that didn't really do much. Me, I'm like, if you're going to follow me, I led you on a merry chase. I went through the library, up the stairs, down the stairs, around the building. You can chase me all the way down. I open up my dorm room when I go in. Um, so that point being said is that it looks, it. I think that people react based upon their interaction and what happened to them. And Harold, it wasn't just your generation. And it's not just what happened to me when I was in college in the nineties. Unfortunately, it's still happening to people today. And so how do you make sure that you get a point where people say, Hey, this isn't okay. And there's opportunities for us to do better. Thank you for sharing that story and helping us understand the importance of social justice. Hopefully it will encourage others to recognize that social wellness is a key element in living a fulfilling life. We are so excited to continue this conversation around social wellness in our next podcast episode. So if you have a story or message you'd like to share with us, please reach out. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, let's continue to live beyond others' expectations and live for the vibe.